Welcome back, everyone, to the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, the Letterman Row Recruiting Podcast, Andrew and Spencer, Spencer and Andrew, eventually Andrew, Spencer, and one more, whatever you want to call it. We're talking recruiting, we're talking Ohio State, and we're back after the busiest, most loaded weekend of the year as far as recruiting for Ohio State. Andrew, how are you doing, and have you recovered from the weekend that was? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing I'm doing well. Um, I think it's the biggest, we said it's the biggest weekend, at least on paper, as far as the names and everything, but compared to last weekend, I think it's kind of been, kind of been a little bit more quiet coming out of the weekend so far, despite the one big bit of news that we're going to get to, but um, now we're in a dead period. So we just got to kind of wait and see when these guys make their decisions and see what their timelines are going to be. But the next few weeks are going to be more uh, quiet, probably not quite dead, but they will be more quiet than the past few weekends that we've seen in Columbus. I was able to get a hold of a couple of people before they started on their vacations. There's a couple more people I'm going to try to before they get going, but Ohio state coaches are officially free to go. I think for two or three weeks, Um, you won't be hearing a lot about recruiting other than the commitments over the 4th of July holiday, which I think that's the new trend that everyone wants to partake in. Now, I think there's going to be about half the class full um, around the country, not just at Ohio state as far as the 4th of July weekend, but Ohio State is a little bit more full today after the visits over the weekend. Uh, Four-star Ellenwood, Georgia, Cedar Grove High School. Cornerback Kayan Lee commits to the Buckeyes. This was a huge, huge deal for Tim Walton, for Perry Eliano, for Jim Knowles, that entire Ohio State defensive staff, and for Ryan Day. Um, Andrew, I saw some comments about the class being offense-heavy in June, and I thought that was a little weird. Now I think we can put that conversation to bed already. Yeah, I mean, with last week's news with three wide receiver commitments, I think you're going to have that people kind of wondering where's the where's the beef at, where's the defensive commits at, and it's like you said, it's only June, heading into July. Um, Ryan Day is always going to have a really good class offensively, and we've said it before, you got a lot of new faces on the defensive staff, so it's just going to take some time for those guys to uh, to really just get comfortable and maybe be ready to pull the trigger, but that's. The, the Kay and Lee commitment, that's big. I think we've been expecting that for a while. They've now got two cornerbacks in the fold. They've got kind of the longer guy with Dijon Johnson, and now they got Kay and Lee, who's more of the 5'11", six-foot, kind of traditional cornerback size. But um, like you said, just major win for Tim Walton. The SEC was after him. Nebraska kind of was in the mix there as well. So uh, that's, that's a big one. It seems like uh, Ohio State's liking to pick on Nebraska right now, taking Dylan Rayola when Nebraska thought they, they had a decent chance as a number one player in 2024 because of the connection there. Uh, I know Kane Lee had a great visit uh, as far as, you know, to Nebraska goes, but he, of course he picks Ohio State anyways. Uh, I, I'll give it a lot of credit as well, and I know that maybe it's not particularly credit, but Miguel Patrick, the former Cedar Grove high school coach who is now on the Ohio State staff. And I don't think he got that job just for Kane Lee. You don't hire a, an assistant just because of a four-star cornerback from the SEC. Like he, he does a really good job coaching and, but he does deserve some credit for making sure that this relationship stayed intact. And uh, Kane Lee is officially in the class. Uh, he was impressive last year when I saw him in a workout. He's probably even more impressive now. The film looks good. Everything looks good. And, uh, yeah, Andrew, what what do you make of this cornerback class so far? Dijon Johnson, Kane Lee, you already talked a little bit about long versus traditional. Um, but, that, you know, on the field, you see those guys working well together. Can Kane play the slot, the nickel? What, what do you think? Yeah, I think Dijon Johnson is probably like an outside, pure outside corner, which those are the guys that are usually kind of harder to come by. 
And then Kay and Lee's probably a guy who can play um, a little bit of that nickel, play the slot, play on the outside. Um, but you got two guys in the fold. Now we talked about the wide receiver class, how Brian Hartline's good about getting in these different types of receivers. And I think that's what Tim Walton's got coming in now. He's got two different corners. Um, and then we've got, you know, Jermaine Matthews, his decisions coming up later this week. So it's going to be a three or four man class when all is said and done, but they're definitely off to a uh, very good start with today's news. Yeah. And you look at, you know, whether that's Jermaine Matthews, who appears to be maybe next, maybe if he's going to join the class, if he chooses to commit to Ohio State, that comes on Friday, on July 1st. Then you talk about Calvin Simpson Hunt, who I believe plays corner, maybe plays the nickel, but that's something they can figure out. And when he gets on campus, if he decides to come to Ohio State, both of those guys would, I think, be in if Ohio State can get them both in. Um, but I guess that leads to our next point. I don't want to cut Kayan short because that is a huge deal for this defensive class to have that good of a player in the class. But that's some weird things going on with Calvin Simpson Hunt following his visit to Ohio State and the momentum that was there and then the visit to Texas Tech this weekend and Jermaine Matthews committing Friday. You know, if he comes to Ohio State, then that would throw another wrench into Calvin Simpson Hunt as far as then there would be four corners in the class if Calvin chose to come. It's just a lot going on right now. Uh, Andrew, how do you kind of try to dissect this with Calvin Simpson Hunt, with Ohio State, with Texas Tech, everything that's happened in the last, I guess, even 18 hours? Yeah, I think a week ago we talked about Calvin Simpson Hunt, and we said coming out of this visit to Texas Tech, obviously he's a Red Raider commit. Um, Is he going to – reopen his recruitment? Is he going to shut things down? And as of this morning, I think we were both under the impression that that Ohio State was under the impression that he was going to be flipping and committing to Ohio State. And then later in the afternoon, there was some other information that maybe that's not going to happen. So I think now you just have to look at it and you have to think, can a program like Texas Tech continue to fight off a program like Ohio State and the other national programs that have offered him or did they just kind of put a quick Band-Aid on this to kind of stop the bleeding for the time being? So that's that's kind of going to kind of be what we have to watch here for the next few weeks and really even maybe the next few months, depending on what, on what he decides to do. And this is one of those recruitments, Andrew, where Ohio State came in late. Texas Tech has been on Calvin Simpson Hunt and believe, you know, believed in him from the very beginning. And Joey McGuire does a great job down there identifying talent. He's a a Texas guy through and through a former high school coach there. He knows what to look for. I think it's whack. I don't want to say it incorrectly. Waxahachie is where Calvin Simpson hunts from. Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, if I, if I said that incorrectly, I apologize. Don't roast me in the comments, please. But anyways, Calvin Simpson hunt has been one of those guys who is a late riser because of that 100 meter dash time because of that 200 meter dash time. The bottom line is Ohio State believed he was in the class. You are correct. I talked to somebody Monday morning who, who believed he was in. Uh, but now with the Texas Tech push and keeping that at bay for now, like you said, you just wonder if they're going to be able to hold off for long because Ohio State obviously made a good impression on him during that weekend. And to now have to kind of go back and rekindle that relationship with the understanding that it's not a done deal – maybe like some of the people in the program thought it was, it's going to be really interesting to see. And, and I think it's one of the storylines we can follow moving forward, even though Ohio State may be at three cornerbacks by the time this week's over, that Calvin Simpson Hunt recruitment is still important. 
because he could play nickel, because he could play corner, where the other three guys I think probably are just corners. Yeah, I think you got to look at like some of those boxes that you're trying to check. And you've got, you know, playing for a national championship. That's obviously going to go to Ohio State. You've got NFL draft success at cornerback. That's going to go to Ohio State. But then on the other side, you got that big one. You got that comfort in relationships. And that's going to go with those folks down in Lubbock. Like you said, they've been in it for so long. Um, and now they're just going to have to continue to fight off these other programs. So we'll, uh, it's going to be an interesting follow here for the next few weeks, few months, whatever. And now we can flip to, speaking of flips, we can flip to the most important visitor of the week, Andrew's favorite person to talk about, uh, Mill Creek, Georgia, defensive back, Caleb Downs, the five-star, number one player in Georgia. Andrew, this visit was absolutely huge. Uh, from all accounts so far that we have heard, um, from what uh, the on three folks who have talked to Caleb have heard, Caleb is a very quiet guy. He's only going to talk to a handful of people that he trusts who have been in this game for a long time recruiting folks. He trusts Chad Simmons of on three. Everything we've heard out of that visit says that Caleb had a really good visit. Ohio State side says it was a good visit. Where do you think things stand right now? I mean, I think Ohio State's in a great spot, just like I thought a week ago. And I, I, I apologize. I wasn't trying to troll the Letterman Lounge when I made reference to Caleb Downs posting pro-Alabama things on his Instagram account while he was on his visit. I was, I was kind of joking when I posted that. But I, I think he's somebody who's going to handle the recruitment differently than some of these other guys that we, that we see. He's quiet. Like you said, he doesn't talk to many people. Um, we just have to know that Perry Eliano's done a great job there. The family obviously has a relationship with Tim Walton, and now it's just about can those two, can Ohio State show him that the path to the NFL um, through Columbus is going to be better than it would be through Tuscaloosa or through Athens? I still think it's going to be Alabama or Ohio State. Um, it's just when, when is he going to decide? We know, it, we know he wants to do it before his senior year, so is that going to come here in the next few weeks or is it going to come in July? Um, I, I mean, if I had to put a pick in right now, it would be on Ohio state. It wouldn't be like hundred percent confident or anything like that, but I just have faith in, uh, Tim Walton and Perry Eliano on this one. So, um, that's where I'm at. And I think that's a good call because, you know, obviously still working on trying to get you that, that RPM, uh, feature for you, Andrew, because I think you need it. Uh, but I have an RPM pick in for Ohio state right now, following the visit. I don't feel better about that RPM pick, but the big thing right now and the reason that I'm sticking with that is I don't feel worse about it. And even at 60, I think it's a 60% right now from, for my pick, I'm not going to back off of that because, you know, if Ohio state and Alabama were here and Alabama went here, I think Ohio state probably went a little above that with the visit. And if you don't come out, you say it all the time. If you don't come out of a visit leading, you, there's some problems. I do think Ohio state leads right now, but that's also right at the end of the visit. So it's going to be very interesting uh, I'm, I'm not ready to declare that battle one yet, but it is a place where I think Ohio State can feel confident enough that they did enough where they go into this dead period now. And really, once the dead period ends, that's when he wants to make a decision. And so you could see something happen in the next month or so either way. Uh, it, it's just that's probably the number one priority that we need to be following right now. Yeah, I guess maybe it's worth noting Alabama did just land five-star in-state safety uh, Tony Mitchell the other night. I think he's maybe like a nickel safety kind of guy. I know on three has him listed as a safety, but is that really going to matter for a prospect like Caleb Downs, who's probably got more confidence than you know any defensive player in America? Ohio State's got two safeties committed right now. Um, he's, I mean, he's a five-star kid who's 
who's not going to be uh, scared off by the competition either way. But um, yeah, we will, uh, we will see. That's the biggest one to follow here over the next few weeks. I think. I guess we've got to kind of speed things up here a little bit. Ohio State also hosted on the defensive side, Tackett Curtis. They hosted Raul Aguirre. They hosted uh, Troy Bowles, who is now getting some attention toward Georgia. We, we think that recruitment is going a little bit that way. Um, Damon Wilson did not make the trip. Uh, the defensive linemen, it seems like those visits went pretty well. I know that the quotes out of Darren Reed's camp say that Ohio State is still in a very good position for that Georgia prospect. He's from Columbus, uh, Georgia. So that Alabama, Georgia line, uh, you know, thought about having a little bit of a battle there, but it seems like Ohio State did a pretty good job on the defensive side of the ball. And that's where most of the attention was this week. We can flip over to the offensive side, but final thoughts, Andrew, on defensive recruiting this weekend and that official visit weekend. I think Darren Reed's the big one that we're watching right now, just because we know he has a decision coming up on July 4th. Um, Interestingly enough, I know our LSU site with on three is confident in their stance right now still. So that one's, that one could come down to the wire a little bit. Um, you know, LSU has got the proximity to home going for him. Ohio state's got Larry Johnson. They got the, the most recent visit. So that's going to be one to watch. Um, Tackett Curtis. Uh, we'll see there. Wisconsin staff, I think has visited him over half a dozen times now. And Jim Knowles has been all over that one too. So he's in decision mode. And um, I think we would both say we, feel like he's going to end up in Ohio, in Columbus when all is said and done. All right. Let's flip over to the offensive side where one of the other biggest visitors, I would say if Caleb Downs was 1A, I think Olas Lennon was 1B just because of positional need on the offensive line. Um, the Loomis Chafee School from Windsor, Connecticut, Olas Lennon, offensive tackle. Justin Fry hosted him on his official visit. This is another Ohio State-Alabama battle. And that's what it's going to come down to. They're going to battle Alabama for Caleb Downs and for Olasa Lennon. And you don't want to hinge, you know, the power dynamic of college football resting on these two recruitments. But also, I mean, this is, this is pretty big for Ohio State. If they can get both of these guys from Alabama's grasp, that would be a pretty big win for the Buckeyes. Yeah, if Caleb Downs is number one on your top target list, then Olas is right there behind him. I, I think it's, it's funny because if you're another – college football program recruiting a wide receiver you don't want to go up against ryan day and brian hartline if you're if you're a college football program recruiting an offensive tackle you do not want to go up against nick saban and the crimson tide and i mean ohio state getting the last visit that's that's good the i know he's got the the finish connection or whatever it is there with the with the columbus blue jackets and that kind of thing and this this might be the this is the most important uh, recruitment for justin fry right now yeah and if justin fry can find a way to wow him like uh you know some people in the program have have said today that they thought the visit went really well they thought that Olas was engaged they thought he was you know on board with the plan it's not as far as you know ready to commit but on board with the plan that Ohio State presented to him and, and really liked what Ohio State was telling him and and just got the feel that it went really well um even with his parents it went you know it went well by all accounts but that doesn't mean that things didn't go well at Alabama as well. And like you said, recruiting offensive tackle against the Crimson Tide right now is really, really difficult, especially, and I hate to say it like this, but especially at a place like Ohio state where, you know, it's, it's been since 2016 now with a first round offensive tackle. I think Alabama's had one, you know, at least every other year, maybe every year for a while now. 
it's going to be hard for Ohio State to, to pull this off. But I think if there's one guy who can do it, it's the energy and it's the, the motivation of Justin Fry, of Ryan Day, to know this is the guy they need. Alabama cannot sell him on that. He is, he's not the, the guy that Alabama needs. It, it's more of a want for Alabama than it is for Ohio State. It's a need for Ohio State. I think that's where the Buckeyes might be able to get a little bit of an edge. Uh, I'm not ready to, you know, put in a, an RPM pick or anything like that, but I do – I'm starting to get a feel that this thing is, is is trending a little bit toward Ohio State, and maybe that's just some post-visit bias. But I'm going to be a little more confident than maybe some other folks are on where the Buckeyes stand with Owasselin. Yeah, I mean, Justin Fry can absolutely pitch. Our starting tackles are most likely going to be gone to the NFL after this year. When you, I have not looked at Alabama's depth chart, but I feel like in my head I can make an Alabama offensive tackle depth chart that consists entirely of guys that Ohio State has missed on like the J.C. Lathams and those types of guys. So you're, you're exactly right. If there's one area that Ohio State can uh, really push right there in that recruitment, it's going to be the depth chart and uh, potential early playing time. Yeah, and then you move across the, the way to the, on the offense. You've got Justice Haynes who was in town. You had Jelani Thurman in town. Uh, really, those are the only two other offensive guys because, you know, Luke Montgomery was on campus, but he's more of a recruiter than a recruited guy. Uh, so, you know, Johnny Thurman posted pictures of him in, you know, in the Ohio State gear, another Georgia guy who the Buckeyes feel, you know, like like they have a chance with him as a second tight end in this class with Ty Lockwood. Uh, and then you go to Buford where Justice Haynes, another Buford guy that the Buckeyes love. They love that program. That program likes Ohio State. I've told people and you've warned people, not really warned, but, you know, alerted people that this recruitment is not just a Georgia thing. It's not a foregone conclusion. The Buckeyes did a pretty good job with Justice Haynes this weekend. I think they're in a pretty good spot right now, but it's still going to be a little bit of an uphill battle, I think, just when it's all said and done. Yeah, and maybe that's a situation where uh, Kay and Lee can put on his recruiting hat a little bit down there in Georgia and push Ohio State a little bit there. Now, obviously, Georgia's got a lot of Georgia players on their roster as well, but maybe maybe the uh, addition of Kay and Lee can kind of give Tony Offord a little bit of an, an assist in that recruitment too. So, Andrew, we were asked actually right before the show started to play with the official visitors from this weekend, do a little in or out. So I'm just going to rapid fire. We're going to just go ahead and do it right now. But you're going to need to be put on the spot. Uh, and we're going to start on defense. Uh, Caleb Downs, in or out? I will say in for Caleb Downs. I am also going to say in. I think that recruitment is going to be fun for the rest of the time. And maybe, maybe have a lot sweating, but I think it'll be worth it at the end. Um, Tackett Curtis. I say in, I think Jim Knowles gets that one done. I'm having a tough time with that one. I, oh, really? that, Wisconsin and the other programs recruiting him. There's a lot to sell. I'm going to say in for right now, but I'm not, I think that one is going to be a little more, challenging and I know Jim Knowles loves him I know he loves Jim Knowles but I, I the program's recruiting him it just seems like he he's a he's pretty torn I think he could go either way right now I still um, wonder if LSU is going to get back in on that one late but anyway go ahead they, they could and then and that's another reason why I'm a little more skeptical uh we didn't really talk about him but it seemed like he had a pretty good visit uh Desmond Umiozulu right I'm going to say out simply because I honestly don't, don't hear much about him. Don't hear his name mentioned much. And maybe that's just because he's not a talkative kid, not a media guy. Um, so I'm going to say out on that one, but that's admittedly not based on a whole bunch of 
intel on my part. Man, I don't like that we're agreeing so much. Okay, maybe we'll disagree on this one. Let's go Darren Reed, defensive lineman from Carver. Darren Reed, I'm going to say in on that one. I think it's – go ahead. I'm going to go out. Okay, so you think LSU probably. I do think LSU, yeah. There's – you get a bad feeling anytime you hear post-visit buzz, but it's not the school they just visited. And there's, it's just something about that that's, that's got me you know, rubbing the wrong way. Maybe I'll be wrong, and, and you'll be right, and you can brag about it for the rest of time. But until I then, I know you will. Uh, but until then, uh, you know, that's where I'm going to stand, and then we're going to flip over to offense and go with Justice Haynes. I'm going to say out for Justice Haynes, Georgia. I'm, I'm going to say in. Oh, wow. That's spicy. For the, for the first time, I will say in. I, I think Ohio State knows what it's doing in this recruitment. And uh, this is one of those rare cases where it's not really a rare case, actually. If, if he wanted to be at Georgia, he would be committed to Georgia right now. And that's, that's how I feel. You know, Georgia has shown him everything he needs to see. They just won the national championship with a, with a running back core that was not full of, like, superstars. It had pretty good running backs, but not, like, one great running back. Ohio State consistently has a great running back. The, the track record for Tony Alford is there. I think they've got a good pitch here, and, and he's not afraid to leave home, and he said that before. It's, it's not about proximity to home, so I'll, I'll go in. And then we'll go with Olasa Leonard. <clears throat> I will say in there. I think the depth chart thing, I think you were spot on with that. I think that's going to help Ohio State out immensely in that recruitment. For this one, I, I, think, I, think I'm willing, I think I'm willing to say that Justin Fry in this recruitment is a man on a mission. He knows that he needs a tackle, and he knows that it can't just be a you know, project. He knows they need the guy. And when you're in that kind of pressure early in your Ohio State tenure, you need to deliver. I think Justin Fry will be able to do that. Um, we don't need to talk about Luke Montgomery in or out, Malik Hartford. Yeah, I think, so I think Luke Montgomery is in. Spencer. I think so too. Malik Hartford in. Um, in or out, Andrew, we're not going to play it in or out, but we cannot leave the show without discussing a little bit. Um, Ohio State commit, an Ohio State commit, and then we'll go an Ohio State target. Uh, Cedric Hawkins, the commit visited Auburn by multiple reports, including on three reported that Cedric Hawkins had visited Auburn this weekend. Um, I think it threw Ohio State off a little bit, caught him a little off guard um, with that visit. It's, it's interesting that, that we're talking about this because this is not a subject on the post visit weekend show that I expected, but with the pressure, you know, to get Caleb Downs on with Kay and Lee, another defensive back in the fold. I know he's not a safety, but he's another defensive back. Calvin Simpson Hunt could play safety. You're talking about, you know, just different defensive backs starting to enter the fold here. And then Cedric Hawkins, who committed to the previous staff, it, it seems like that relationship is getting a little uneven right now. Right. And I know his comments that he gave our Auburn site were, you know, I'm totally locked into Ohio State, that kind of thing. The comments were great, but I think you really have to look at it and you have to say, did he let the Ohio State staff know this visit was going to happen? Um, which I think we both know the answer to that. Uh, 
And then you have to kind of look at it and you have to look at it. You know, he's a self, he's a South Florida express kid too. There's just so many moving parts going on there. I don't, I, I don't think he's out or anything like that, but I think he could be playing a little bit of a dangerous game. And I think his sister like lives near Auburn or something. So in a way it almost seems like Auburn paid for him to get there and probably fed him well and all that stuff. But I, I do think he's kind of playing a game here that it, maybe he might want to be careful with. I think it is a little bit of a dangerous game to play when you're talking about a staff that, you know, I'm sure they think he's a great player, but <laughs> he did not commit to this current defensive staff. And right. anytime you have that at all, it becomes a little bit of a dicey situation. Does, you know, does the communication suffer there? Does the film not add up to one coach like it does the other? I'm not saying that's the case here, but there is that strain on a relationship, you know, just in general, anytime there's a coaching change. And so, for him to take those visits or take that visit and do it that way. It just, it's something to monitor is what I'll, what I'll leave it at right now. And then we'll flip over the offensive side and end this show with Austin Novasad, the Ohio state quarterback target who we talked about at length during camp season. If he got that Texas A&M offer, even Baylor might not be able to, to hold that off. And guess what? He goes to Texas A&M. He's got the Texas A&M offer. Um, how are you feeling right now about Austin Novosad? I, I, Austin Novosad and Brock Glenn, like I wouldn't feel confident saying either one of those guys are in. I mean, those are the two guys that Ryan Day and Corey Dennis are looking at right now. They're both going to be at the Elite 11 this week, um, kind of showing what they can do. Um, I Like it's weird because I almost feel like Ohio State will get one of them, but I don't feel confident in saying it's going to be player A or player B. So um, I, 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 if I'm Baylor, I'm obviously pretty concerned right now. So if you would have asked me before this weekend, I would have said Austin Novosad might be the guy. Yeah. Because from the people I talked to in our network from the Auburn side said that Auburn feels very good about Brock Glenn. And Ohio State is going to have an uphill climb, even being Ohio State, because of the relationship with Brock Glenn and the Auburn staff. Now, Ohio State might need to turn the pressure up on Brock Glenn even more because Austin Novosad has that magical AM offer that he was really, really hoping for. And so I do, I do think there's a little bit of a shift in the, the structure of how Ohio State needs to approach this, or they need to hope there's a C.J. Stroud that blows up at the Elite 11 this week and they can start to go after him because I'm not really sure where else the quarterback targets come from that are worthy of playing in that Ohio State offense. And that sounds really stuck up and snobby about the Ohio state quarterback room, but also there's only three guys in that quarterback room right now. They're all five stars. Ohio state's not taking a three-star guy. Ohio state's not taking a, you know, a, a flyer on a guy They're If they're getting a quarterback, it's going to be somebody really, really good out of high school, or it's going to be somebody from the portal. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they're going to take somebody in this class, whether it's Glenn or Novosad or whether it's somebody that blows up this fall. Um, I, it's just really hard to pinpoint who it's going to be. And I think I saw that Brock Glenn, like his real name is like Auburn or something. He's like named after something with Auburn. Like he's, his family oh, is that big into Auburn. I hope it's Aubie. Yeah. It's some, I can't remember what it, what it was, but it, like that would be pretty embarrassing if you're Auburn and you can't land a kid that's named after your program. So that would be like having the son of a great quarterback transfer out because he didn't want to play at Auburn anymore. Right. That's, that's a good point. That's, that's a fair point. So who knows? Exactly. These yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Andrew, that's where we will wrap things up. I will add the next time we record one of these shows, we will have a 
two-thirds Bobcat show, uh, Ohio grad, uh, new Letterman Row, Ohio State recruiting reporter Matt Parker will be with us. Um, that news is official, uh, just like the visits that were taken uh, to Ohio State. What a segue. Uh, and that's where we'll wrap it up. Matt will be with us next time. We're really excited to have him. Andrew, first thoughts on Matt Parker, new guy on Seth. Well, go Bobcats, first of all. Um, but no, I'm really excited for Matt. I've read some of his stuff and he seems to know what he's doing. And I cannot wait to kind of watch him blossom. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And we're going to have a great time doing it. And uh, he will be joining us next show. So we'll get you'll get to know him pretty well. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. So. But that's where we'll wrap it up on the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, the Letterman Row Recruiting Podcast. Maybe we'll just call this thing the Letterman Lounge from now on because that's what we like to hang out in anyways. So for Andrew and I, thank you for watching. Make sure you subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel on your whatever, wherever you get your podcasts, and we will see you next time.